Okay. All right. We'll go ahead and uh, let's see here. Is that on? Testing, testing. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's see. Does that sound like it's on? All right. We'll go ahead and get started here if you want to grab a seat. Uh, my name is Rich. I'm one of the pastors here, and I just want to welcome you. If you're new with us or visiting, just thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, make yourself at home. Feel free to fill up your coffee or something as we go here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pray, and we'll just jump into to what we're going to cover here this morning. So if you guys will, let's just uh, bow our heads and pray one more time here. Lord Jesus, we do thank you for this morning. Just thank you for the opportunity to come together and uh, just uh, just seek you together and sing to you together. And Lord, I just pray that you would uh, just meet us in these next few minutes. God, I pray you would uh, speak to us, each one of our hearts, just what you want to share. God, I know there's some things I feel like you want to share, and there's some things probably you don't want to share. I just ask you would... Uh, have me share all that's on your heart, Lord. Use me as a vessel through whom you can speak. And we just ask you to meet us here and be gracious to us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We'll go ahead. Um, we are... Uh, I've got a message here that's uh, really about some things God's been teaching me lately. I call it Four Fresh Lessons. And after the first service, I realized uh, each one of those lessons is probably a teaching in and of itself. And so we're going to probably cut it down to like two fresh lessons this morning, uh, just to give us time to get on with the rest of our day, maybe not be late to the Broncos game, maybe pass out a few flyers before we get there. So uh, anyways, I, I'm going to hone in on just um, really two thoughts. So we have handouts here. Um, let me see. Can I get a couple of volunteers? They're, they're in the back by the giving box there. If we could just pass those out. And really, they're just um, some things you can jot some notes down. I've got a couple of verses, a couple of the, the lessons that we were going to cover, and we'll just, we're going to cover two out of four, I think, this morning here. So tell the first service sorry about that. And uh, no, it should be, should be fine here. So Anyways, uh, how many of you got to catch the uh, the coffee house on Friday night? You get to catch that room. It's a good time. It's a good time. All right. Uh, got any any uh, breakout albums coming out of that time, or any? Uh, I heard uh, Zach and Chris might have launched a new dramatic career or something like that. Uh, but no, it sounded like it was a good time. There, I was encouraged to hear just a lot of participation and, and things like that. So we'll. Uh, Keep trying that as we go here. But anyways, um, let's see, where to start here? Uh, really what I want to do is just share uh, some thoughts of uh, some of the journey I think God has been leading me on and maybe leading us on as pastors and as it relates to you know our whole church as well. And I just want to share some of the things I feel like He's been showing me and teaching me. And they might be some things that relate to you and your world, but they're definitely things that will relate to us as a whole in, our, in the Firehouse Church here. So um, some of this started about, uh, boy, a couple weeks ago, we were going to meet with, uh, with John Meyer. Uh, we invited him down for a pastor's overnighter. And some of you know him. He's a, he's a pastor in Fort Collins there. He's got some regional responsibilities with our, our church as well. And so... We've just been dialoguing with him as we kind of try to figure out what God has for us as a church as far as some of our staffing-related needs, some of our uh, church structure, uh, really some of where we're going and, and how we're going to get there. And as we, we met with John, we invited him in, we walked around the town, we um, 
did, uh, let's see, what we just walked through the neighborhood on a Friday night and just saw the, the hustle and bustle and got some ice cream down there at Little Man. And, and then we just came back and prayed for a while. And it was a, I think it was an awesome just time of prayer here, just seeking God together. And, um, you know, in some ways, through our prayer and through our conversation, we, we feel like we're at a place as a church where we've seen God do some pretty amazing things and just getting us into this warehouse here. You know, sometimes it's just... Uh, some of you might not realize, some of you do know, but some of you might not realize what a mess and what a wreck this place was when we first got here. You know, um, we, we've got a, a brother here visiting us or joining us here that used to work in this building years ago with uh, Mr. Uh, the owner of it, Mr. Peavy, had a, a mini blind company on one side and had the manufacturing and some delivery and stuff on this side. And boy, it didn't have, if you didn't know the building before, it didn't have a really running water, I don't think. It had some electricity. It might have been coming through the walls in the other building here. It, had a, uh, it just didn't have a lot of things. And we felt like God led us. We were searching for, um, as a church, we bounced around the neighborhood so much. This is our eighth location in eight years. And, you know, we kind of felt like the, the Old Testament, you know, pick up the Holy Ark and set up your tents and just move around and go where the Lord leads us. But uh, we, we felt the need for a, a steady place to meet. And we just kept seeking God. God, what would you have for us? There's a lot of different options. Eventually, he led us uh, to to meet the, the owner of this place and work out a, a lease arrangement, a renovation plan with him. And, you know, some of you know, it was a, it was a really big deal. Kind of the, if you look at how much money went into renovating, how much effort, a lot, of, a lot of the money doesn't even show up because a lot of you did a lot of work that you were not paid for. You know, it probably doubled the cost of the project to uh, think about how much we should have paid people for, for putting insulation and for painting, for decorating, for everything that went on here. Um, and, but it was a really big deal. We felt like God led us into this big thing, and then He came through and gave us everything we needed. The finances, all the effort, all the... And before you know, we were in here, we're approved by the city, we started having services, and, and it was an awesome thing. But in some ways, we're going on almost two years ago when we um, started swinging the hammers around here, or whatever. We were swinging sledgehammers and whatnot just to get it cleaned up, but... Um, uh, you know, we started our lease, and it's going on almost two years. It's like time is flying so fast. Our grand opening was an Easter, you know, two Easter's ago now. But um, but anyways, we we got this great building, this great location. But in some ways, we kind of just thought, you know, here's what we'd do if we had this building. We were kind of praying, Lord, we'd do this. We'd do some outreach programs. We'd do some more training of our own people. We'd host uh, different things to bless the neighborhood. And, and in some ways, we're kind of going, uh, you know... Well, some of it's not all happened yet. There's a lot of potential still, and we see that. And so we, we found ourselves going, God, you placed us here. You gave us this building as a tool to use for your name in this neighborhood. And, and now what? How do, we, how do we go from here? Where do we go from here? And we began seeking God together on where he wants to take us. You know, And one of the verses I feel like he has given us... Um, what did that, did that die on me there? Oh, Oh, that's all right. No, I see how it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. That's good. That's all right. That's all right. That's uh, not a problem. I'll just share it. You know, one of the verses I put in our email this week, and I put out on the Firehouse Facebook page. If you haven't seen it, we have a Firehouse Facebook page. It's like cutting edge, you know, I think, uh, no, it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's just really been released this week, and it's getting some momentum, and, um, you know, as, 
as new as it is, I think I was telling Greg, I think we had more views on our Firehouse Facebook page in one week than we normally get in a month on our website, so it's kind of off and running. I put a post out there that had this verse in there, you know, um, just says this, as I felt like God was speaking this to me, I read this recently in, in just a quiet time, but it's time about forget all that, forget all the past, forget all the, the cool things that God has done. Um, it's nothing compared to what I'm going to do, for I'm going to do a brand new thing. See, I've already begun. Do you see it? Don't you see it? And I just feel like God has something He wants to do for us that's beyond what He's done this far. He's done some really cool things, even just getting here, having a place to meet, being in this neighborhood. I think God has some, some neat things ahead of us. And we've begun seeking Him as pastors on what, what is it that you want, God? One of the verses uh, related to vision, you might have heard it before, but it, this one in the Proverbs just says, Where there's no vision, the people perish. You know, and there's different, um, the word vision and the word perish have, you know, different meanings here. But one, another translation says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. You know, it's kind of the idea where people don't know what they're supposed to be doing specifically. They kind of just do whatever. They cast off restraint. They don't have a vision that restrains them and gives them focus together. And as a church, we feel like we want to have uh, that vision more clearly. The word revelation, you know, we want to have a revelation. And it's not like a a man-made vision where we go, well, here's what we're going to do. We just think we should do this and we're going to go do it. We want a revelation from um, the head of this church. The head of this church is Jesus Christ. It's His church, not our church. And we want to know, what do you want to do with this church? Jesus, it's yours. You put us here. You gave us this awesome building, this awesome neighborhood. You kind of merged us with another congregation that made us, made us a little more intergenerational. Got a few more uh, gray hairs around here. It actually shows a little semblance of uh, wisdom and experience in our lives. And before people would walk in, some of you know, I was the old guy in our congregation for a while at 41. And, uh, you know, people walk in, look around and go, Way too young for me, maybe not. You know, um, then we joined both, um, you know, with with Valley View from the north here, and it's just been awesome to have. We have people that have, are trying to follow Christ in every phase of life, and it's a, a more full expression of the body of Christ. And, and but we're trying to see what God has specifically for us. Last week we talked about how God has a purpose. The good news of the gospel it gives us purpose. And that's to take God's love, His forgiveness, the message of the grace of Jesus Christ, and, and take it to everyone everywhere and help them to connect with the God, their Creator, through what Jesus did on the cross, kind of clearing any unfinished business between us and God. And uh, we just talked about taking that message to the whole world. But in some ways, the Great Commission, I just feel like it so, can be so broad and so wide. We talked about what makes the Great Commission so great. Uh, so we talked about how it's, uh, you know, to, to everyone everywhere, make disciples of all nations. It's this big, huge thing, and it's in the hearts of men and women. We, we have to win their hearts. We can't just say, you don't like this message, you know, and, and pull a grenade and say, tough luck. You know, we, we have to love on them. And we have to, um, we have the devil fighting against us in this mission. And and, and um, you know, and Jesus gave this. This is what's on His heart. And so that's a very broad thing. We're trying to go, okay, we're trying to do that. You do that by, um, you know, preaching the good news and making disciples. But in some ways, it is this is so broad, it's hard to make progress. And, and we get a sense that God wants us as a church to go, what are some more specifics for us as a church. You know, um, we really in some ways have been in the Highlands neighborhood trying to do good, trying to love our neighbors. Uh, we've done some things to help out North High School and just do some things to be a light in, in this neighborhood. 
But we've never really had specifics about that. And I think God wants us to get a little more specific. Maybe, you know, come up with a, a phrase or, or something that he goes, here's what I want you guys to do. Maybe it's, I thought about the idea of um, just making Christ known in the Highlands neighborhood. What if our job is to make Jesus known here? And, um, you know, that some people are going to like that and some people aren't going to like that. In some ways we've been trying to be winsome as a church. We don't want to ruffle anyone's feather. We don't want to say anything controversial. We're trying to get a good name, get some momentum. But, you know, I feel like there's a tension between being winsome, showing people God's love and grace and forgiveness, and on the other hand, sharing with them there's some things that are really true. There's some things about God. There's things that God really doesn't like in our lives and in our culture. There's some things He might want us as his followers to take a stand on. And I feel this constant tug of war, you know, is it, well, we've got to be a prophet and tell him, here's, here's what it says, like it or not, at least you've heard, I've read you your rights in some ways. On the other side, it's like, well, I'm not going to read you any rights because then you wouldn't be my friend and I can't tell you about Jesus. And, and I think it's a, a both sort of thing. they got to know this church is, is serious about following Jesus. And there's going to be some stances that we, we take and we share with people that they might not like, but um, ultimately, you know, as we were talking with John, John Meyer, he said, you know, in the end, you just want it to be the case that um, Jesus is getting the blame for some of this stuff. He's like, you know, his followers, he said, hey, look, if you're going to follow me, you're going to get persecuted. You're going to have some. And he said, woe to you if everyone likes you. Woe to you if everyone, you know, if you're keeping everyone happy. Something's not working right because Jesus didn't keep everyone happy. As a matter of fact, people ended up, you know, rejecting him and killing him. And they could reject us in the Highland neighborhood, but in some degree we feel like they've got to know this church is about people following Jesus. And some people, that'll resonate with them. And they'll go, you know, I've tried a lot, a lot of things, all sorts of, you know, alternatives out there, but I get a sense that Jesus, following Jesus might be the way to go. It might be for real, you know, and... We're, we're wrestling through that. We're praying about it. In some ways, Paul, you know, when he saw the lights, when God got a hold of him, the Apostle Paul, um, one of his responses was, what shall, what shall I do, Lord? What shall I do, Lord? And we feel like we're asking that as a church right now to, to our Lord. You've given us this place. You've given us this tool. You've given us this neighborhood. What shall we do, Lord? What do you want done? With us, there's all sorts of things you could do. You could turn us into a, a homeless shelter, a food bank. You could turn us into a, whatever it is. But what do you want done? Because we're yours to command. And we'd like to ask you guys really to join us in seeking God together on this. We're just going to be praying. I think of a promise. Um, Psalm 34:10. It says, "Those who seek the Lord shall lack no good thing." We know that having a specific vision from God it would be a good thing. In some ways, I reckon I used the analogy as I was talking to, to my co-pastors about this. Was um, uh, you know, in some ways I feel like the Great Commission is it is so broad, and we go, okay, if we're just kind of sharing the gospel, that's good. We're trying to meet with people, make disciples, that's good. Eventually, you know, maybe we'll make it to the end of the earth and reach everybody. But it kind of reminds me of uh, the idea of losing weight. You know, if you've ever tried to lose weight before, any of you ever tried to lose weight before? I have. I'm on round two or round three, whatever round it is. But, um, but you know, when it comes to losing weight, you know, everyone, that's a great idea. The Great Commission is a great idea. Um, and to lose weight, you just got to do a few key things, right? Got to eat less, and you got to exercise more, right? And maybe drink some more water or something like that. And there's all sorts of variations of that. But I know for me, when I had times in my life where I go, I need to lose some weight here, you know, um, uh, I'll try to 
get the meal or I'll try to exercise more and then sometimes it's like two steps forward, one step back or one step forward, two steps back, however it works. But I feel like, ah, oh, I skipped the meal and I went to exercise and next time I eat I'm just starving. I like, you know, gorge myself or whatever. But that doesn't help. But I think sometimes we're like that with the Great Commission. It's like, I share the gospel here, that's good. And, and then I'm trying to do, you know, disciple someone over here and that's good. And but it's kind of hard to get momentum on that. It's kind of hard to track the progress. I know for me, when it came to losing weight, I got to a point here recently. I went, uh, went to the marriage conference this, uh, this last spring. Mark Darling was up there. Anyone catch the marriage conference? It's, uh, yeah, it was 27, 28 lessons on how to have a good marriage or something like that. It was really good. But he, he talked on one just about, you know, you need to kind of take care of your body. This is the one body you've been given for your life here on this planet. And you need to take care of it. And he talked about all sorts of things, you know. Don't get him started on his talk about mouthwash and flossing and stuff like that. He's got some thoughts there. But one of the things I came away with is, you know, it's about time for me to lose some weight. You know, I had lost some weight in the past. And... Um, based on certain, you know, metrics of your height and this and that, I I felt like I had probably 30 pounds to lose um, back this past spring. And I knew that because I'd also been at that weight before and then lost about 30 pounds. And so I was like, you know, I think I know. But instead of just good intentions, I, I started going, all right, I, I need to get a plan here. I need to lose 30 pounds. I want to do it in some certain timetable here. And I'm going to... Start not just, you know, skipping a meal here and there, but getting a little more deliberate. What I eat, what I don't eat. In the past, we, we'd had some friends that had done some Weight Watchers things, so I can count points with the best of them. You know, Weight Watchers is, is not just for, for women. They say, you know, Charles Barkley is a sponsor for Weight Watchers now. He gets out there, and I don't know if any of you saw his, uh, he did a pitch once on Saturday Night Live, and, you know, he's like, I lost 35 pounds in Weight Watchers, and they asked him, well, how do you feel? And he's like, I just feel hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry all the time. You know, he's just going off. And, um, but, but there's a game plan where you go, hey, I want to lose weight, and I'm going to start watching what I eat, and I'm going to start exercising more, and I'm going to have a plan here. And I know for my own life, once I got a plan and I put down some, some goals on paper, I started losing weight. And, and as of this week, I've been up and down, but as of this week, I've lost over 30 pounds from when I started. And, and it didn't happen... Accidentally, because losing weight is good. It happened. I feel like God gave me, you know, kind of brought me to a place where you go, here's the goal. You got to lose this much. Here's the plan. And now, by my grace, let's get it done. And I think that's kind of what we need as far as the Great Commission goes. It's a big, big goal. And we all have good intentions, but I think He wants us to go, okay, now here's some goals for you to aim for in your neighborhood. And in your workplaces, and in, let's aim for, I don't know, maybe it's making every household in the Highland neighborhood know the good news about Jesus Christ. Maybe that's the goal. We don't know. We're seeking Him about that. And then we're going to start taking practical steps for carrying that out. And, and I think we'll have uh, some results that are a little more track, trackable, traceable that way, you know. In some ways, it's hard to trace. Well, we're sharing the gospel, sure, I shared recently, and I think that's going good. And it's just kind of hard to, to get to an assessment of the results. I think God wants us to get a little more specific. And we're just asking that you guys might join us in, um, in seeking Him together for His plans. When it comes to plans, uh, one thing I want to make sure we think about a little bit um, is when it comes to plans, I, I think there's two camps you can find yourself in naturally. There's the camp of the planners 
you know who you are, and you probably got an uh, itinerary for today, and you kind of go, here's we go, and the Bronco came, 2.15, jets fly over, here we go, kick off, and, um, and then there's the other, the anti-planners, okay, it's like, uh, those are the planners, I don't plan, you know, it's, um, and, and we can find ourselves naturally going to one camp or the other, and you know what you're in, and, and each one of those camps can sometimes kind of judge the other camp, uh, if they just had a plan and they weren't so aimless, you know, life would go better for them, and, and these guys are like, you know, boy, if they just followed the spirit and they flowed with it more, life would be more cool, um, and there can be a little judging between the two, but, you know, um, having a plan is a, it's a godly thing, you know, there's a verse in Isaiah, if you read the one-year Bible, where it said recently, a noble plan, a noble man makes noble plans, and by noble deeds he stands, and there's something something that's right, something that's godly about making a plan. I uh, think about even uh, God's plan for bringing Christ to this world to save us. The scriptures are very clear. God had a plan before we were even around. God had a plan. If anyone could go by the seat of their pants without a plan, would you think it would be God? Hey, hey you know, boy, caught me by surprise. They sinned. Well, I'm going to you know, spontaneously send this guy in. And No, he had a plan. He knew we were going to sin. He knew we needed a Savior. He told, him, he told us that he's coming. He sent Jesus. It was all a part of a plan. Uh, having a plan is a godly thing. Now, on the other side of the equation here, there's truth in the idea that sometimes people can plan things so tight, you don't leave room for God to work. You know, I can get this done by X, Y, and Z, and just as the equation plays out, I get it done. We need to leave room for God to work a little bit. And if you're a planner, I'm talking to you. You've got room for God in your plan. Because uh, he's got a plan, it may or may not be yours. Uh, scriptures are real clear that he says he will fulfill his purpose for you. You want to make sure you've got room for God. And on the other hand, if you're fly by the seat of your pants, you need to make sure that um, that you're seeking God for a noble plan, a plan that He might even have. You come in line with that and carry it out. And I think that's where we're what we're looking for as a church. And again, we just want to ask you to join us in seeking God together as pastors. We've started a book study with John Meyer, where we're. Um, Reading a book together related to getting the gospel out, having specific plan. The book's called Gospel-Centered Discipleship. And it's really, it's really an encouraging book. A lot of verses that we've been reviewing even as it relates to this gospel series we just wrapped up. But there's a lot of challenging thoughts here that we're, um, you know, wrestling through and praying about. But that's why we got on Facebook in the first place. We told you guys we got on Facebook last week. Miracles happen. A number of us on Facebook. And, but one of the, uh, essential things we're doing there, I mean, we've got a few posts of our family and pictures and stuff like that, but we're posting as pastors and, and leaders in this kind of conversation forum about what God's teaching us and where He seems to want to take us, and we just ask you guys to join us as we seek the Lord together on that. Um, that's why I hit them. I'm going to just wrap up with the second area here. It is, um, so we're going to talk about the first. God teaches some things related to the gospel. Maybe Wednesday night at worship night, we're going to break bread together. Remember what Christ has done for us. But I think we'll talk more about some lessons of uh, a fresh dose of the gospel. Uh, the thing I want to wrap up on here is just, so if God gives us a fresh vision, you know what's going to be required to carry that out? Well, I'll give you a hint. Top of the page here. Um, fresh faith is going to be needed. God, God might lead us to do some things that we start to go... Oh, man, I, I would have never thought to do that. That seems a little bit... You know, even putting goals, you know it requires faith to set goals? You kind of got to go, boy, here's, here's what the goal is. But what happens once you set a goal? 
there's a chance you might not reach it. There's a chance you might fail. It takes faith to even have a goal, then much less uh, to start striving for it, you know. And so we're just, um, we have a sense, I know God wants us to be taking fresh steps of faith. Uh, recently, I think it was last week, and I spoke up at the Rock Retreat in uh, Estes Park. It was for, you know, working singles and college people and stuff like that. And they just asked some of us as pastors to share some steps of faith that we took when we were in that phase of life. You know, whether it's steps of faith of coming to Christ in the first place. And uh, I just remember, you know, um, just hearing that He died for my sins. And um, But I had never really opened my life to Jesus Christ. I wanted to have confidence and not have fear of people. I just wanted more confidence in life. But I always came back to, I'm not even sure if I'm going to heaven or not. How can I be confident with these people? Well, deep down inside, I, I lack security of where I'm going. And eventually I invited Christ into my life. First John 5.13 was just a monumental verse. Where it just says, um, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. There's this sense of confidence you can have that you're going to heaven when you believe in Jesus Christ. And eventually I got to that point 16 years ago where I invited Christ into my life to be my Lord and Savior. And my confidence began to grow that uh, I would be going to heaven when I die. That I could be confident with other people because I, I had something that I just felt like, you've got to hear this good news. He knows all your sins. He knows all the messes that you've made. And he, he loves you and He's willing to forgive you if you let Him into your life. Receive Him as your Lord and Savior. And I know that God just led me on a, a journey of starting to grow in confidence and, and see others reach with the good news about the gospel. And... Um, but, you know, that's where it started. But I was able to share these things. That, okay, confidence in coming to Christ. Confidence that you really can bear fruit as a Christian. You know, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And there's a promise there that if you're really following him, he wants to help you fish for the souls of men and women. He wants you to be successful at that. Do you believe that? Because I, I did. When I was in, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know I can share what I know with this guy here. And, you know, people started coming to faith in Christ. And it was just like this huge whirlwind of God started saving people. People were getting baptized. I just got swept away. But all I believed was, I'm going to follow Jesus, and he's going to make me a fisher of men, influencing the lives of men that I never had an influence like that before. And then it led on to, you know, trusting God for a wife. And, you know, he came through on some of the promises I claimed there more than I had ever dreamed. I shared that with him up the hill. I got a little passionate about God came through in some amazing ways when I trusted him for a wife. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I shared also is that those are things I trusted God for in the past. And I could tell you them about them and say, here's what I believe when I was in your shoes. You can decide if you want to believe that now or not. But I also know that our faith... It's not just about what we've trusted God for in the past. Some of you have trusted God for some amazing things in the past. And maybe it's time to get some fresh faith. Maybe you trusted God for great things when you were in college. Leading people to Christ, discipling people, um, whatever it is. But maybe it's time for some fresh steps of faith in your life. And, and I think of this verse here as one that I had read going into that rock retreat here. But, you know, Paul is just writing to the Galatians and he just says, I'd like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit? Are you now, now trying to attain your goal with, by human effort? Does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? 
And he was just saying, you know, when when he was doing, uh, you know, when he was doing all these miracles in their lives and things were happening, it happened because of their faith. They believed this good news about Jesus Christ, giving them a, a new life, and um, they went. You know, they, they just were turning the world upside down because of their faith. Eventually they got away from their faith and they got back to their human efforts. And he said, you know, hey look, it's time to get back to this faith. It's the same thing that you got started on when life was exciting. You saw God at work all around you. It's about your faith. And, and I think God wants us to have fresh faith now. Maybe that step of I want to ask you guys, just uh, as I asked them up at the conference, but what is that next step of faith for you? Maybe it is humbling yourself and inviting Jesus in as your Lord and Savior. Maybe it's getting victory over an area of sin in your life. Maybe it's getting relationships right. I know when I became a Christian, it gave me um, faith to go back to my past and engage with things from my past that I needed to try to make right, try to take responsibility for. Um, I know it's going to take faith to seek God for for a fresh vision. It's going to have ramifications in our, our life as a church, in our lives personally. But I, I just want to ask you to look at your life. What is the next step of faith that God is calling you to take? A quick, uh, you know, the action steps I left them with up at the rock retreat, I'll leave you with the same. But first, you know, it's four words. I'll just give them to you. The first one, find a need. What is the need? Where is the area of your life you need fresh action from God, fresh involvement from God? Get that need. Bring it before God. And then the next area is plant a seed. Ask God, God, give me a promise related to this area. Uh, some promise from your word that I can plant a seed related to. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's getting saved and coming to eternal life. Maybe it's overcoming sin. Maybe it's trusting God in your relationships. Um, God, give me a seed that I can plant. And then feed. So find your need. Plant a seed. Then feed your faith. Be spending time in God's Word, feeding, renewing your mind about His character, who He is, the things that He promises. Get around other Christians who are doing the same thing, who are feeding their faith. Um, and then the last thing we have to do is we have to weed. We need to look at our lives and go, where, where are the weeds that are growing up? At the same time I planted all these seeds, uh, where are the weeds growing up? Because those weeds want to strangle out the seeds that we have in our life. And sometimes we can think, we can have both weeds and grass growing at the same time. You know, one, one's going to win out there. And the weeds, they seem to grow faster. They seem to do better for some reason on less resources, you know. Um, all of this, I saw an experiment played out in my front lawn here this, re- this summer. I told you guys about it. It started off as this barren wasteland. There's no, nothing but dirt. The weeds wouldn't even dare to grow there. Um, and, and eventually we bought some new soil in. And then we started throwing down some seeds. And the first batch of seeds... About a third of the yard saw seeds grow. The rest was still dead and barren. Um, eventually we pulled some of the weeds out, put more seeds down. But now we've got, we've done that like three times now, pulling out weeds. Those weeds, the roots grow deep. You've got to pull them out. And that's lies that you're believing as compared to God's truth. Maybe it's uh, areas of, of sin that you just need to get it out by the root and not just pull the top of the weed off. Um, but we gotta, we got to make sure that um, we're cultivating a heart of faith. We want to take fresh steps of faith. We've got to cultivate that heart of faith. And just encourage you to go through, continue to identify those needs and find those promises to believe and feed your faith and pull out the weeds that would strangle your faith. And, um, you know, again, I just ask you guys to, uh, to look at your lives and, and see what is that next step of faith God wants you to take. Because He wants to help you. He wants to help you pull those weeds out. He wants to help you believe Him. You know, in some ways, uh, just to uh, close with a promo here about this um, 
the road less traveled. You know, we're doing this series starting next week on the road less traveled. And the road less traveled comes from, uh, you know, there's a poem. Some of you know the poem. It's, you know, somewhat known as the road less traveled. It's also known as the road not taken by those who are official poets out there. I think that's the, the name it goes by more often. But... Um, you know, that idea of going down the road less traveled is, is not just, we're not just talking about let's go down some road that's strange and different and we just want to be different from everybody else because different works, you know. Um, that's not it. There's a lot of different roads you could take out there. A lot of minority views on all sorts of things. We don't just want to do what's unique. We're going down the road less traveled. It comes from this verse in Matthew 7, 7, 13, and 14. Um, Jesus said this. He said, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. You know, following Jesus leads to a life that very few find. It's life to the fullest, as your Creator intended. And there's, there's a very narrow road to get there, Jesus said. And this whole series is designed to talk about how to walk that narrow road in different phases of life. To be a follower of Christ, to be a disciple of Jesus, it looks different at different phases of life. There's new verses to apply uh, when you move from, say, the single life to the married life, or the married life to married with kids, or to the married life, and you, you know, you don't have any kids around anymore. There's things that apply that might not have ever applied before in your life. And we're just going to talk about that road of following Jesus, um, that narrow road that leads to true life, you know. And so anyways, there's a, we just encourage you to be thinking about that as we come up here. And some of the, really is going to talk about some steps of faith that are needed in each one of those phases of life. I encourage you to pray about that series. And I hope that you would join. It covers parenting. The first week is going to relate to parenting. Next week, Rick Whitney will talk about faith needed, uh, the road less traveled as a parent. And, and you might go, oh, I'm not a parent, I'm not even married. I know for me, when I was single, I just went to everything they taught. And I go, eventually I want to be married. Why can't I take notes now? These guys are having good marriages, good families. What prevents me from starting my foundation now? Um, we're going to talk about the second one. You know, we're using titles from movies, here, uh, from TV programs a little bit. Uh, popular show on parenting right now, Parenthood. Um, that's what we're calling our first teaching. The second one, we're going to do Real Moms of Denver. I think it's kind of like Real Housewives of Atlanta or something like that. I don't know what those shows are. But um, the, the third week we're going to talk about dads. You know, we called that we, the program. You might have seen it before, Man vs. Wild. Can I get an amen? That's, uh, that's what fatherhood is like there. Um, and talk about the amazing race. You see these, these couples, these partners, these whatever, and they're trying to carry out this race. We're going to talk about the married life, the road less traveled. We're going to talk about being the bachelor or the bachelorette, you know, um, and some of the things that is unique about following Jesus as a single person, some of the steps of faith you might consider taking there. But um, all of that really is going to be designed to experience all in life that, that Christ has for us, walking by faith. I encourage you to pray about that and join in on that. It'll start again next Sunday here. But um, again, just quick recap. We're seeking Jesus for his vision for this church. Would you join us in that? We're going to need new steps of faith as a church and personally. Join us in, in asking him, what's the next step you want me to take? And maybe even a follow-up prayer of, help me to take that step. Help me, help me to have the faith to trust you for this, you know, steps that you want me to take. But anyway, we're going to pray and we'll get on with the rest of the day here. Well, Lord Jesus, we do just uh, thank you for this morning. And we thank you that you have plans for us. You know the plans you have for us. 
God, help us not to try to make our own plan for you to approve, to validate, to back. But God, we just want to walk in your plans personally and as a church. This church is your church. And as pastors, you've called us just to help serve this flock and oversee this flock. And God, we just seek you for your will for this church, for this flock. We want to make your name known, the name of Jesus Christ, to be known in the Highlands neighborhood. Help us to do that. God, help us to be prophets where you want us to be, be unpopular if you want us to be, not for the sake of it, but on anything you want us to engage in. God, help us to win those who know that uh, they're not finding... They're, uh, you know, they're not finding satisfaction in the life that they're living without you. Pray that you would help some to, to be drawn to the good news about your love, your forgiveness, your grace. Pray that new disciples would be made um, here in our midst because you're at work. We just ask all this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, thank you guys for coming this morning. I know there's round three, maybe a passing out flyers here between now and the Broncos game. If you want to get in on that, there's a stack of flyers in the hallway there that we can keep uh, getting the word out. So, thanks for coming and we'll see you next week when Rick Whitney kicks off this series.